Gordon, how are you, sir? Very well, how are you? Good, welcome to Artwood Unleashed. Thanks very much for having me. My pleasure. Whereabouts in Ireland are you? I'm on the west coast, out by the seaside. Sounds, sounds lovely. It's very warm. Uh, as you can probably see, I'm, I'm melting. Yep, having the same issue in England, so I'm, I'm glad we can both share that together. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, see who's shiniest. By the end of this discussion, <laughs> uh, I think I might. I think I might have you pipped on that. We'll see. Um, tell us about those conspiracy guys. Uh, it's a podcast that's been running since 2014, and uh, we just passed 50 million career downloads uh, over many different platforms since we started. So it's it's going quite well. Uh, we've got you know average about maybe four, five, six hours per episode. They're uh, comedy, history, a um, little bit of you know, pop culture, a little bit of uh, conspiracy theory, true crime. Uh, I like to, I don't know, look a little bit deeper than uh, the, the the surface level conspiracy uh, people when they're talking about like a, a, a certain topic or whatever. We go back into the books, we go back into the history, and it's like a re-examination of what we already know and push around the accepted narrative of events, you know. Cool crack. It's, all, it's not so fucking serious. Like it's like, how are you for swearing on this? By the way, I don't want you to get bad. You've just you've just nuked the channel. We're all on YouTube. It's yeah, over yeah. now. Yeah. So just thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be interesting to get your um, a description of your perspective on conspiracy theories because it's I suppose you know the perfectly legitimate uh, as fodder for covering in any way you like with humor with scrutiny, but I suppose there's a line between. Um, sort of making commentary on conspiracy theories and promoting conspiracy theories. So, I mean, how do you, do you feel you maintain a level of objectivity or is it a case of anything goes? Or how do you, what's the angle you come in at on conspiracy theories? Well, that's the thing. Like now conspiracy theories, you see, you know, right wing usually attached to it. You see far right, you see fringe lunatic, um, <laughs> these kind of uh, monikers that they give people who engage even in the, the conspiracy lore. Um, I don't know, man, like when you look at what was happening over the last three years, I don't even say it because the YouTube gods shall strike you down. But like the last two, three years, um, people can see from the outset, hey, that's not, that's a bit, wait a second, that's not what mm. we're being told. And then you change, you know, after a while, time uh, is the, the, the great healer and you end up finding out after a while, after a few inquests and after a few, you know, investigations that stuff turns out to be then true. So like, I don't know, conspiracy theory has a bad name and it started really, really ramping up in 2016 with Donald uh, when he started, you know, uh, have you have you heard Infowars.com? Okay. And he started promoting that stuff and, and aligning with that narrative. Um, ah. Is my, my mic is crackling? I, I That shouldn't be happening. I'm hearing you fine. Yeah. So... I'm not sure. Maybe people in the chat, if they could let us know I'm whether they, they can all hear God. I mean, it might, I mean, I think one gentleman's mentioned it, so I suggest John's jail journal blogs, but I might want to check his earphones. Maybe let us know, John. Keep us updated on that. But uh, it's all good for everyone else, apparently. So I'm feeling I, I, it's it's coming through fine on mine as well. So I don't know. Cool. Apologies. Okay. I mean, it's um, different. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned trying to the CIA are trying to get in and fuck up the broadcast. That's what it is. Trying to like shut us down. Already. Mildly annoying. <laughs> yeah. Interruptions. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you 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 point to Infowars and Alex Jones though, because I mean, I suppose I do see a little bit of uh, slapping conspiracy theory or the label right wing on on people 
for any reason but there is a lot of there is a lot of crazy conspiratorial nonsense out there in the same light i mean obviously info was uh, you mentioned donald trump there so i mean i think i saw a video uh before of you guys a while about covering the sort of uh, election and all the conspiracies surrounding that stolen election was thrown around you, you talk about yeah. when the investig- investigations are done and when the accounting's done a lot of things turn out to be true however with the claims about stolen elections that was either at best evidenceless or at worst completely false i mean have you are you kind of come down on any one side on that like i would still say that there's some sort of shenanigans you know arizona and uh carrie lake and that kind of investigation was not really completed um there's right the way, the way i kind of look at it right is that if there is at least some small amount of shenanigans something should be looked into I take it as read that the mainstream media are telling us lies. So pretty much like a rule of thumb would be most of the stuff that's on the news is most likely false, right? So if they're telling us one thing, maybe we should look uh, for something else. The the fact that it's being labeled as um, like seditious information or like, uh, you know, the way all the the January 6th uh, protests that turned into, you know, whatever, the, the storm in the castle or whatever turned into, like that was very much overblown, but it was like that false flag mentality of, oh my God, like they're, they're coming to get us. And there's a lot of like falsehoods within that to push a narrative. And we've seen America and the CIA operate uh, internationally to rig elections. We've seen them install like puppet leaders we've seen them do all that stuff in other countries so what would what you know one would presume that they have the capabilities to be able to do that at home as well um i suppose i mean sorry just to cut in there i mean in terms of shenanigans i think people there is always attempts at voter fraud fraud even and they, they get caught out i think the issue would be uh, carrying out voter fraud on such a scale necessary to change yeah. the outcome of an election. It just seems on the face of it, completely unrealistic. And I, I mean, I mean, the capital riots, I, I can kind of, I can kind of get on board with some of the hysteria surrounding that people comparing yeah. it to nine 11, things like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the optics of it, the place of American democracy stormed by people who had been fed conspiracy theories about stolen elections. And, you know, it it was quite dicey. People did die. I mean, obviously, you know, it's fair to say the the only person that was shot that day was somebody uh, storming the Capitol. Um, I mean, do you not think it could be dangerous for democracy in a sense? I mean, you say you don't believe the mainstream media uh, and there's always good to have a healthy scepticism of that. But I suppose I think it'd be far worse to believe everything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth as well. Yeah, I mean... Do you trust any politicians? No. Uh, the, the man that was on the show just before me was like anti-monarchy. It's the same sentiment. Like if you say, like a year ago, if you were like, the queen, like if you said that, you were in trouble. And now you're like, ah, it's not so bad. It's, you know, time ends up allowing you to talk more about that kind of stuff. And like, put it this way, right? Um, would you have thought like 15 years ago that there were, any sort of shenanigans around, let's say, what was going on in Iraq and weapons of mass destruction and Dr. David Kelly and all of these things. Like, 20 years ago, people were kind of dealing with the fallout of 9-11 and George W. Bush and going to war in Afghanistan and ended up going into Iraq. And, like, information comes out as time goes on. 
where we yeah, can... Yeah, but the, the information that came out about Dr. Kelly, the, the coroner's report confirmed that he killed himself. Yeah. But the, the conspiracy part of it is that did he really, you know, that's where you have, there's a leap of faith in conspiracy theory that I don't, use, like, okay, say, I don't want to say the word because I don't want I'm very aware of YouTube and stuff like that, but there's a certain cabal of people who think that, like, <laughs> JFK Jr. is going to come back and save it. I don't, I don't, you know, subscribe to any of that kind of, you know, malarkey, right? But conspiracy theories usually... Uh, are maybe like a coping mechanism for people who don't believe the mainstream narrative, who are using an alternative narrative that suits their bias, that fits their belief structure, and allows them to continue on in a way that is comfortable for them without adhering to um, like a, 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 a mainstream uh, narrative for how their life is going, right? So like, take that certain letter, the 17th letter of the alphabet, that whole shenanigan, right? Um, those guys are being fed something that is uh, like a, a deity, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, a resurrected uh, a kind of godhead from this very important family, the Kennedys. He's going to come back from the dead and he's going to save us all. And it, it, it resonates with like right-wing Christians who already believe that sort of thing, that there's a man, he's going to come back from the dead and yeah, he'll save sure. us and he died for us. You know, it sort of fits. And uh, it's very easy to make up that narrative and pull people along in that direction. For what end? Maybe people are out to make a bit of money. Maybe there's a few shills out there. Maybe well, there's somebody making YouTube dollars or, you know, Rockfin just, dollars. Just to, um, just to pivot to something that I know you've been yeah. covering a lot, and I'm sure the, the listeners and viewers want to hear about it, and that's the case of Michael Barrymore. It's something I've right. not actually thought about for such a long time. And what is it about that case to you that makes it worth reinvestigating? Well, the thing that kicked it off for me, like I love Michael Barrymore from when I was a kid, you know. Um, Strike it lucky. Strike it lucky oh, or strike it rich, or was it both? I both, 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 yeah. They changed yeah. it over uh, after after a little while, and um, like I loved them. I, I, you know, I I was a comedian for a few years, and as a child, I used to do you know routines and stuff like that. And I love Michael Barrymore's kind of joie de vivre, the way he went on on the show. And I remember in the mid nineties, like I was in my very early teens, and when he came out as gay, it was like, oh my god, it's such a shock. And we were in like I talked about this on the episode that we did, you know. A gay person in show business. Yeah. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. Oh, it's Goldfield. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, at a time in the 90s when it was okay to be like calling people F word and saying like, if something was bad, it's like, oh my God, man, that those trousers are so gay. Like to have it as such a derogatory term and yet have this guy who represented something that we all aspired to, that there was no... Uh, there was no disparagement about his sexuality at all. It was just Michael Barrymore. Whatever he did with his willy at night time was his own business. Like, we never did really he, thought about it, you know? Was he out before the pool death? Yeah. Or was, yeah. Or was that what put him right? Okay, so he, he had come out as a gay man before the the body was found in his pool. Yeah, and to be honest, like, there was a, only a little bit of um, kind of press, you know, brouhaha. Mm. Uh, 1995... He came on stage at this, like, uh, there was like a drag karaoke show and he started singing a song like, uh, start spreading the news, I'm gay today. And he took off his wedding ring and threw it into the crowd. And there was this whole thing of like um, his long suffering manager wife and stuff like that. Um, and then it kind of went away for a while and there was no real kind of like paparazzi following him around trying to get a salacious picture. 
he was out at night in London and, you know, giving it large and all the, the clubs. And then he was living in, um, uh, he was living further down south and he was going to those kind of, those kind of clubs, uh, like beachside, you know, vibe. And uh, they kind of left him alone. It wasn't a massive deal. Um, but of course, when the crime, when Stuart Lubbock died, this whole thing became like massively vilified. Like all the headlines were like, Man dies in gay orgy, like violent gay orgy in Barrymore's house. And all this like uh, very anti-gay, um, it's funny we're talking about it in Pride Month, but all this very anti-gay rhetoric started coming around about Barrymore's sexual proclivities. Whereas for the four years beforehand, it wasn't really a massive deal. It was just like the minute somebody died famously from something being rammed up his arse, <laughs> like uh, that was the the, the whole the whole uh, uh, autopsy and the whole business of, of how he died specifically was very much like a violent gay act. That's how it was portrayed in the media, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what talk us through the official story of what happened here, because there's all, there have always been question marks hanging over Barrymore. I mean, to my knowledge, he, he was cleared of all charges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but there have always been question marks or... You know, peculiar things, shall we say, that have gone unanswered. So, what 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 was the official story of what happened that night? Um, well, they were at a nightclub called the Millennium Nightclub in Essex, and um, it's a place that they frequent. Barrymore and his cohort, uh, you know, there's a few different hangers on, and I suppose one can presume that there was more than alcohol being consumed. Do you know in in the the heady days of the nineties? You know, was it a twenty four hour party <laughs> people or whatever, right? And uh, he had a, a, a bunch of dudes that, that would ha hang around, including um, an on-again, off-again boyfriend. Uh, there was Justin and Kylie Merritt um, that were with him. And, um, um, yeah, they, they, these all came back. Kelly Campbell is another girl who came back to the house. Claire Jones came back to the house. Uh, and then a, a man called Simon Shaw and a local chef, James Footers. And they were all, like, hanging out in the club and Stuart Lubbock was out for the night and he saw Barrymore, wanted to meet him because he was a fan and like the, his crowd organised it. They met and obviously Barrymore was like, I'll wipe the back, like I have a bit of that. And uh, was like, do you want to come back to the gaff? And they all piled into separate taxis. Now, Barrymore's like partner at the time didn't get into the same taxi. Uh, Barrymore got into the taxi with Lubbock and a couple of others. And uh, according to the taxi driver who magically was able to be found and made a statement and everything was saying that like Barrymore was being quite lascivious and a bit lecherous in the back of the taxi and Lubbock was well out of it at that stage even. Um, so like when those sorts of reports came out, it painted Barrymore as a kind of a sexual predator. But like yeah. re realistically, it's kind of just the lads out in the lash. Like how many, you know, Oh, I give a one. Oh, look at the pair on that. Like, it's like, how, you know, what's the difference if there's no murder at the end of it? Like, does anybody get in trouble for that sort of stuff, you know? The murder <laughs> did spoil the evening, didn't it? I it mean, really put a, put a, put, it did, it put a dampener on it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've woken up with a sore arse after a night's drinking myself, Stephen, but like, not that bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, Lord of Mercy on Stuart, but like, the whole thing from the Channel 4 documentary which is the body in the pool, as they call it. Um, this was, I think, kind of like a, a sob story and an attempt to reignite the case around Barrymore. Mm. Uh, you had Stuart's 
father, his, his long-suffering father, Terry, who was dying of like various uh, uh, terminal illnesses. Um, I'm assuming the father doesn't accept the official narrative. He doesn't anymore because he's dead. But, uh, spoiler alert for the documentary, but he didn't uh, for years and years. And um, there was loads of, like, you know, contention about the findings of the original investigation. And there was a second investigation. And um, Terry's, like, Terry's bottom line is uh, somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. That's an interesting phrase. Yeah. Because, I mean, is it more a case of Barry Moore was cleared because the facts and evidence were in his favour or there wasn't enough evidence or they couldn't find enough or enough people weren't given information in order to pin something on Barry Moore? Well, like, I mean, you guys are, are dealing in uh, pretty pretty serious true crime cases. You're talking to people who were involved in investigations. You're talking to people who were accused of crimes. You're talking to people who were uh, uh, had crimes attempted on them. A lot of times, evidence is mostly lacking, do you know? I do find uh, when we're looking at true crime cases here on Those Conspiracy Guys, that, like, TV would have you believe that a drop of cum somewhere, there's a pube under a fridge someplace, and that's going to go into a machine, and a lot of faces are going to go, and it's going to pick up one dude's pubes, and he's the he's the killer, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really work like that. And that's so I don't I don't have to keep picking up my pubes. No, no, anymore. just like yeah, <laughs> stuck in the teeth. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it it, it it doesn't really work like that. Most of the yeah. time, it's uh, uh, like association. It's um, you know eyewitnesses. It's uh, matching stories. It's in uh, an interview, and then two like two weeks later another interview and a month later another interview and six months later another interview and then looking at the disparities between them and going hang on a minute there's something not right here you match it up with something that it's usually not like forensic dna evidence that it gets somebody it's usually not um you know some some kind of new technology that cracks the case it's a murder weapon that's found or it's an eyewitness or a witness to the crime right and in this case there was evidence missing Right. So as soon as Stuart was found in the pool, he was found floating face down. And this was in and the morning after the after everyone woke up, isn't it? This is this is like Ash that they went back to the party at four and he was found just after seven. So like in a, only a matter of a couple of hours. Right? Oh, OK. And he was um, already kind of well dead. Like uh, there's a phone call, a famous like 999 recording and um I think it's, uh, I think it was um, um, Justin Merritt called the police and he, he was kind of dispassionately describing like, oh yeah, you go, you go and send an ambulance, uh, got these geezers uh, they're drowning in the pool. And it was very like, matter of fact, he's already after drowned, we're not doing CPR on him, like he's brown bread. And uh, it seemed kind of a, a done deal at that point. Like they weren't like, oh my God, quick send an ambulance. Like, and people mm. would be roaring and shouting in the background and trying to do that like Mitch Buchanan like some people stand in the darkness like trying to pump him back to life like it wasn't happening and uh, Barrymore had been told yo like he's dead gather up some shit and apparently Barrymore ran around allegedly put some drugs because there was drugs around the house into a pillowcase uh, and there was a couple of bits like the handle of the shed was missing 
and the thermometer from the poo from the the, the jacuzzi was missing. So I don't know if you know those like floaty thermometers that you put into the hot water to keep it around like 38, 39. And it's a big yoke. Do you know what's a it's a a ma- like a man-sized thermometer, let's just say, with a big yellow squeezy job. And it's missing, right? And that's suspicious enough in itself. The fact that somebody had said, yeah, like they went around, they picked up a lot of stuff and, and, and Barrymore fled the scene. So like when you see somebody running, there's a little bit of suspicion. They're going, what are you running for? Now, like it's fully explainable by saying uh, he's a famous dude. He had paparazzi following him. Uh, he was one of the most successful comedians in Britain ever hmm. at the time. Like he was the top dog. Uh, he had like four TV shows running consecutively. He had a top uh, 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 interview show, do you know, the Michael Barrymore show. He had Strike It, Strike it Lucky. Uh, he had Kids Say the Funniest Things. And these were all primetime shows, you know. And the next thing, there's a fella dead in your house. Of course you're going to bounce. You don't want to be pictured like that sad, you know, the sad face, like or holding a towel and being like, oh my God, he's so wet and dead. Like, he knew that there was going to be paparazzi, so he just bounced. But why would he bounce and bring all that stuff? And then what when they looked the, at... Um, when what they did the coroner's report? What did the coroner's report tell us about Lubbock? So that's what I'm saying. When they looked at Stuart's body, particularly his bum, uh, they were like, this uh, destroyed was one adjective that was used. Um, that, like, his anus was ravaged by an implement. Um, the The... It was, I think, what was uh, eight, eight or ten times its normal size, something like that. Uh, and this is not me, like, being, you know, trying to be funny, like, hyperbole. The, the coroner said that his anus was the size of a large orange. And it, it didn't, like, redilate after death. Like, it was, like, left the size of an orange. So, obviously, so, like, something seriously violent had been done to him uh, before his death, right? And... There was like uh, uh, evidence of like an implement being used. So why was the handle of the shed gone, and why was the thermometer from the pool gone? Obviously, one would assume that they were the things that were used to make the size of an orange. Do you know, like so, like all of these things that people would just put together. But there's no corroborating witnesses. Nobody at the party talked. There's so many people. Like there was, I think, like eight people at, at the house, including Barrymore and Lubbock. And no one has said anything since. And it's like 23 years since the since the event. So like Terry Lubbock was going, somebody knows something. What are their stories? I mean, there's a lot of people there. They'll obviously have been cross-examined. Um, what 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 are they saying? What are they saying happened? Yeah, they're not saying anything happened. They're saying that uh, all, all of a sudden, uh, Stuart Lubbock was taking a lot of drugs and he was very, very drunk. And... You know, they all looked away for a minute and when they turned around, he was face down in the pool and everybody is kind of corroborating that story. Um, like I said, you're going and interviewing someone and interviewing them again and interviewing them again. Uh, one, uh, uh, Mer- Merit, uh, he said that he was the one that found the body and Michael Barrymore said that he was the one that saw the body first. So like there's little discrepancies within the stories, but like everyone's smashed and it's like six o'clock in the morning at the, at the afters of a, of a, a, a mad night out in Essex. So like 
maybe like taking testimony from drunk people is not the best thing to be doing, but it's um it was half eight by the time half eight in the morning by the time the police came and Barrymore was gone and all these other people were kind of packing up to leave and like you know what it's not the what, behavior of concerned you, citizens is it yeah what can you ask them like that they don't like what happened to your man oh i don't know he's just he's just dead and then everyone has the same story um i would imagine like with the the kind of the gift of time that somebody would be able to say something would be able to give a little bit of extra information to close it off if for any reason other than to completely exonerate michael barrymore and like get his good name back because after this like he he couldn't even though he was proved innocent he couldn't stay in britain like he moved to australia for years because it was the only place he'd go to get away from all of this mad stuff like people were calling him uh, all sorts of names in the street and it was like horrific he tried to relaunch his career by doing like this like cabaret kind of show and every and but he wasn't into it the audience wasn't into it it was a bit shit like it was a bit lackluster and then he just went, ah, I'm out of here. And he just bounced for eight years to Australia. And now he's back and he's on TikTok and he's d- doing all the, you know, <laughs> my life is a Wes Anderson movie. Like all these memes that the kids are doing, doing dances and shit. And he has like over a, a million followers on TikTok. So he's like up to influencer level. He'll never get what he had, but like he's back making stuff now using a new medium. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems, I mean, clear that the justice system's completely failed this young man his family must be absolutely desperate for answers does it feel like this is a a closed case from an official perspective now i appreciate people are always going to push people are always going to be interested people are always going to commentate write about it is are there any open channels of investigation still or of the the justice system completely drawn a line under this now as far as like a case can go this case has gone Terry was campaigning for 20-odd years uh, before his death. And he died only there, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, and if anybody comes forward with any new information, obviously the case gets uh, a new lease of life and gets reopened. But, like, they're they're relying on somebody who's not a criminal or not the perpetrator to come forward and go, yeah, it was me. So if they're willing to stay silent this long to stay out of jail, Obviously, uh, they're going to stay silent that bit more. But there's some, I don't know, man, there's, there's, um, there was a report that came out in uh, 2020, March 2021, where they basically, do you know with defamation, um, do you know, like when you defame somebody, you can defame someone without saying it directly, but if you give enough information that that person can be identified, it still counts as defamation, you know, like in, yeah. uh, those, those blinds, you know, the Hollywood blinds and stuff like that. So like the paper, one of the newspapers, um, said that uh, there's a man, a 50-year-old man was arrested uh, twice f- before for this crime, but released with insufficient evidence and blah, blah, blah. And they gave all this, like, uh, Cheshire police information. And the only guy that would fit the bill uh, was, uh, um, uh, as as said by uh, Chief Re- Chief Reporter Martin Robinson, the only man that would fit the bill would be uh, Jonathan Kenny, who was Barrymore's lover. Right. Right. And like that's kind of putting the pin on him and they put it out in the paper hoping that someone come in and corroborate that, but they haven't yet. Like it still could be fully solved and Barrymore would be exonerated 
and he'd be able to go back on TV. Loads of people on TikTok absolutely love him. They're all like, you should be, you know, you should be on TV again. You, re, re, you know, uh, restart up all of these shows. Like, um, all it takes is for someone to come forward from that cohort and say, yeah, was this guy. Uh, he's pretty much been pinned to the collar by the media anyway. So, like, I don't know why they're not doing anything about it, but as far as the, yeah, the, the courts can go, this is a, a, a case closed for now, you know, but with no result. So it's kind of a bit sad, especially I was such a fan of Barrymore and I see him on TikTok all the time and I'm like, he's loving life, but I think he knows something as well. So I don't know why he doesn't say himself. Maybe there's something that these people have on him and we all know how that kind of goes, you know, that there's some reason that all of these people are in that conspiracy of silence. And that itself is a conspiracy. Like, why not say, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, you think if that if that was something that happened to me and I was completely innocent, I wouldn't stop speaking about it. Uh, especially especially sure. if there's some just some dude that you don't know and it's 20 years later and you don't know him anymore and you're just like, fuck it. He was the one that done it. I'm Michael Barrymore. But, like, maybe that guy has something on him. Maybe there's a, you know a memory card somewhere, a, a small photo, you know, photograph or a collection of photo, photo album or something with some shit on it that's making this uh, be uh, a conspiracy well, of silence, you know? Let's hope somebody does come forward and, and fill in those blanks and uh, do justice for Mr. Lubbock and, and his family, obviously, because it's, I mean, it's, it must be hard to consider as well. Not only is this an horrendous thing that's happened to somebody, it's also tied in with the celebrity. So there's always yeah. going to be public interest and it's always going to be in the news. You always have to have, relive it in some form or other. So I suppose any answers uh, would be good at this point. But uh, Godman, just ran out of time. Yeah, no Maybe waters. you could just uh, quickly tell us where we can find your content. Yeah, all of my stuff is on uh, thoseconspiracyguys.com. I'm on all the podcast, uh, podcast apps and stuff like that. So if you want to come and find like. Take it with a pinch of salt. I'm not a crazy conspiracy person. It's, you know, it's all disgust and good faith and with a bit of humor and, you know, um, as much respect as can be can be had while also being trying to be funny. So, um, doseconspiracyguys.com. And, um, yeah, I'm Gordo. Thanks for having me on. Gordo, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Good night. God bless. Take it easy.